Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin in The Marriage. The sponsors of this program offer no endorsement of the opinions, philosophies, stubbornness, or confusion of the persons represented therein. However, with the conviction that marriage remains the most popular domestic arrangement between friendly people, NBC takes pleasure in presenting by transcription one of the most distinguished couples in the American theater, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin as Liz and Ben Marriott in the new dramatic series, The Marriage. Philosophers have always been found in odd walks of life. Socrates is a sandal maker. Spinoza, a lens grinder. Omar, a tent maker. And Mr. Stankovich sells newspapers. Of course, he isn't as famous as Socrates, except on our block. He runs the newsstand where I stop every morning on the way to my office. I generally plan to leave the house at least ten minutes early because buying a newspaper from Mr. Stankovich is a dignified social ritual, like drinking tea with a mandarin. Well, Mr. Marriott, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Stankovich. Here you are. Time. Anything in it you particularly recommend? Anything new in politics, Mr. Stankovich? Eh, politics. Mr. Marriott, politics is like a glass of tea. Like what? A glass of tea. It may look clear and sweet, but if you take a great big gulp, you burn yourself. Don't you want to know what's happening in the world? In the little time I got, I read the almanac. I figure if something in the newspaper is important, sooner or later it will show up in the world almanac. <laughs> and in the meantime, you are learning something interesting. Did you know in the Bronx Zoo there is a worm farm? No. No, I can't say that I did. It is under the lion house. Oh. Oh, I see. The platypus eats them. The lions? Uh -huh. The worms. I can see why you prefer the almanac. Sure. In the papers, there's too much trouble. You know why? No, I don't. It's people going with no hats. You think that's it? Of course. The human head is not made to stand up against so much weather. All this hot and cold and an air-conditioned cafeteria that shrinks up the head. You know, I've been noticing a little congestion. I thought it was sinus. Nah, shrinking. It makes people irritable. They mumble more. Didn't you notice Yes, and revolving doors go round faster. You are right. Yeah, I think I'll buy a beret this morning. Well, goodbye, Mr. Stankovic. Uh, Mr. Marriott. Yeah. One minute. Yes. Uh, you are a lawyer. I am. Uh, I wonder, maybe you could do me a favor. I mean, I, I can pay, but... What's uh... the matter? Are you in trouble? My boy, Stanley. A policeman came to the house. He's, he's got to go to court. What's he done? I don't know. I... I don't understand. I, I am very worried, Mr. Marriott. Have you talked to the boy? Uh, he don't listen to me no more. I, I, I don't see him hardly. I am in the stand till midnight. His mother, she's gone three years. Oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Well, why should you know? Look, Mr. Marriott, I, I don't know about courts and judges, but I want Stanley should get every opportunity. The figures in the almanac and juvenile delinquency is very upsetting. I looked them up. Of course, Mr. Stankovich. You bring the boy around tonight. Well, I, I, I couldn't come with him, Mr. Marriott. I, I got to keep the stand open. But he could come along. I, I wouldn't do much help to you anyway. All right. Thank you, Mr. Marriott. Thank you. 
I thought of Mr. Stankovich's theory of irritability, and I could almost feel my head shrinking. All day, I expected my hat to slide down over my ears. That night, I shipped the kids off to their rooms early. But, Ben, you never have clients at the house. This is a special client, a little boy. Oh? The news dealer's son. He asked me to see him. Maybe I'd better make some cocoa. That'd be a nice idea, with a marshmallow on top. Now, that always loosens up, kids. Have you ever handled a children's case before? No, but I ought to know about kids. I'll just treat him the way I treat Pete. All right, Perry Mason. Now, Liz, don't frighten the child. I'll get it. Mr. Murray? Yes? I'm Stan Stankovich. Oh. Oh, yes, I was expecting someone a little... Well, come on in. Thanks. Come right in. Liz? This is Stanley. It is? Hiya. How old are you, Stanley? Fifteen. I'm big for my age. Smoke? Thank you. I... Uh, not now. You mind if I do? It calms my nerves. Oh, no. Go right ahead. Look, Counselor, if we're going to talk about this rap, maybe we better be alone, huh? Oh, I was just going. Uh, Liz, uh, you better forget about making the, uh, you know... Not even with a marshmallow on top? Marshmallow? Nothing. Now, Stanley, your father asked me to talk to you about this little trouble. Now, uh, wait a minute, Counselor. Pop is great for selling kids comic books, but what he knows about the law, you could stick in your ear. Before I take you on, I want to ask a couple of questions. Uh, you had any experience? Why, yes, I... I've had experience. Uh, criminal law or just uh, wills and malarkey like that? I've defended criminal cases. What's your average? Average? Yeah, yeah. What's your won and lost percentage? Against right or left-handed judges. Oh, wise guy, huh? Mm, Harry warned me you'd probably play it cagey. Harry? Oh, he's a friend of mine. He warned me to be careful what kind of a mouthpiece I picked up. Well, you tell Harry that Jerry Giesler is busy and they made Leibowitz a judge, so you're stuck with me. Yeah, I guess I am. Now, maybe you better tell me what this is all about. Oh, it's nothing. A, a technicality. Like what? Like I was out of school a couple of days. You mean a truancy? Well, not exactly. I, I stayed out because of the kid. What kid? The kid I beat up. Is that it? Assault? No, no. They, they thought I was trying to shake the kid down for protection money. Were you? Of course not. He owed me that money fair and square. You did, eh? Why? Well, he lost it in the poker game. You were playing poker with him? Certainly not. Well, that's good. I was dealing for the house. You know, you got to keep deadbeats in line or your reputation suffers. That's what Harry says. Harry again? Well, yeah, he owns half the game. We use the boys' locker room. You were running a poker game in school? You've got to go where the money is. In school? Now, look, counselor, don't you think you better get down to cases? i, I got to beat this rap. I could have my head handed to me. Now, wait a minute, Stanley. You're going into children's court. They won't keel haul you. They're going to help you. Listen, counselor, that kind of help I need like a hole in the head. Now, let's figure an angle. After Stanley left, Liz fixed me a drink. I needed it badly. Here you are, darling. Cocoa with a melted marshmallow. The next morning, I met Stanley in the waiting room of Children's Court. The waiting room had a distinct Dickens flavor about it. It's always pretty crowded with worried mothers and fathers and crying children. Over here, Counselor. Morning, Stanley. Yeah, what's good about it? Listen, 
Harry and I have the angle all figured out. You do? Self-defense. I say the other kid came at me with a knife. Did he? Well, what's the difference? It's a good angle, isn't it? It's dandy. Come on, we'll be late. The courtroom was dark and high ceilinged. The judge's bench was raised so that it towered over us. I've seen more cheerful surroundings than general sessions at a murder trial. The attendant evidently came with the decor. All right, kid, what are you in for? Who did you mitre? A big slob in a blue uniform with a chicken inspector's bag. Why, you... What's your name? Stankovich. I asked the kid. Come on, I haven't got all day. Trouble with children these days, they got no manners. The trouble with you is you got Stanley. no... Stanley. Excuse me, bailiff. Can you tell Can't me how... Can't you see I'm writing? I just wanted to ask I you... I only to... got two hands. Why don't you teach the kid manners? Like father, like son. I'm not his father. I'm his lawyer. Congratulations. Now stop wasting my time. I'm busy. The attendant left us in the dismal courtroom to wait. Finally, the judge came in, his hands full of papers. He was a round little man in a business suit. He came down in front of the high bench and spoke to Stanley. Uh, what's your name, boy? Stanley Stankovich. They call you Stan? Yeah, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Are uh, you the father? I'm Ben Marriott, Your Honor, of counsel. Oh. Well, you know, counsel, although the children have the right of counsel, we don't often have lawyers in this court. I gathered by this time that lawyers were not customary in children's court. Judge Falls started the long climb up to his bench and spent a solid 15 minutes juggling papers with a court attendant. Garson, why wasn't the delinquency petition affixed to the record? It's in the file, Your Honor. Well, I don't see it. Excuse me, Your Honor, this child... Patience, being... counselor, patience. I'm representing this boy, sir. I don't think it does him any good to sit here and wait this way. Oh, you don't, counselor. Well, let me point out that this is not a criminal court. You are not here to win a case. I know. I'm here to help this child. Uh, presumably you are too, sir. Yeah. Go on, counselor. This is my first experience here, Your Honor. I, I was able to see the whole procedure through the boy's eyes. Any disturbed child would be scared half out of his wits before he even got into your chamber. You think so? Of course. Even the architecture's frightening. Hmm? And the attendant shuffled the children round like cattle. I looked up the Children's Court Act. Oh, this isn't what it had in mind at all. So you looked up the Children's Court Act? Yes, Your Honor. Well, let me congratulate you. I beg your pardon? Not many people bother to do that. Many lawyers, when they come in here, bring their habits from the criminal courts with them. A lawyer who wins a case in here loses a child. From the shuffling around they get, I'm surprised that they're not lost before they ever get in here. Mr. Marriott, I... Oh. I'm sorry, Your Honor. So am I. You're quite right. We're shamefully understaffed here. Untrained people, not enough probation officers, not enough... Oh, well, that doesn't help this young man. Stan, suppose you tell me all about it. Oh, yes, Your Honor. Ladies and gentlemen of the... Well, hey, I've been rooked. There ain't no jury. <laughs> Judge Fall adjudicated the case and ordered a temporary disposition. I explained it all to Stanley outside. He what? I've been crossed. I've been sold out. Now, Stanley. I should have known. Harry warned me. Now, wait a minute. I could have beat uh, this rap standing on my ear. 
Why didn't you pull that self-defense angle? It wasn't true. Well, what's the difference? You're a lawyer, aren't you? I'm afraid that Harry must have given you a jaundiced view of the bar. Oh, I should have known. What did you do, make a deal with the judge? Stan, look, I want you to understand something. The judge and I weren't fighting each other. Mm, you're darn tootin' you weren't. I ought to report you to the Bar Association. What are you complaining about? The judge ordered probation, didn't he? It's the principle of the thing. How am I ever going to face Harry after this? I had a brief to work on at the office that night, and I didn't get home till late. Liz was asleep when I came in. I undressed very quietly, but I fumbled the shoes. Oh, ben? Ben, is that you? Who are you expecting? Oh, don't be silly. How did the Sankovich boy make out? Well, the judge took his home situation into consideration. His father's never there, you know. What happened? Well, sometimes in a case like this, a child is paroled in someone's custody. Oh? The judge explained that a sober, respectable, understanding citizen might give the boy a sense of responsibility and belonging. Somebody to sort of supply the interest and warmth he can't get at home. That's a very wonderful idea. Where did they find such an impressive citizen? Oh, it was easy. It was? Yeah. Me. Ben. You mean you? you? Me, me, I, me. Well, what do you have to do? Very simple. I'm responsible for him. I couldn't back out. You see, I'd made a speech about the responsibility of the citizen. Oh, Ben. It won't <laughs> be so bad. He's a nice boy underneath. Way underneath. But what do you have to do? I'm supposed to provide a sense of belonging. Belonging to what? Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? To us, I guess. For how long? There's another hearing scheduled in a month. Well, what will we do with him? I told him he could hang around here, that I'd, I'd take him places, play games with him. He liked that idea. He did? Yeah, he gave me the choice of blackjack or seven-card stud. <laughs> Gradually, we got used to the idea of Stanley as a more or less permanent adjunct to the Marriott household. The effects of his coming weren't long in appearing. Pete was the first. Hi, Mom. Hello, Pete. Don't drop your jacket on the floor. I'll hang it up, Mom. What have you got in your pocket, Pete? It sounded like a flat iron. A roll of pennies. I got them at the candy store. What would you want with a roll of pennies? Dan says nickels are the best. He does? I didn't have enough money, though. What do you use a roll of pennies for, dear? Anybody knows that. Brass knucks. Emily. Yes, Daddy. If you're going to get home from the movies after 11, you better take a front door key. Oh, I won't need one, Daddy. We're going to bed early, dear. I don't want to have to get up to answer the doorbell. You won't. I'll get in. Without a key? It's easy. Stan showed me. You use a bobby pin. Through it all, there lurked the specter of the unseen Harry, evidently an older or journeyman hoodlum. Harry exercised a good deal of influence and generally made his opinions all too clear. Harry says you're a jerk. Oh, he does, does he? Yeah. He says you got sucked into this by that judge. I didn't get sucked into anything. As a matter of fact, it's very nice having you around. You don't mean that. I'm a delinquent. I don't think so. That's because I've been making a sucker out of you. Have you? Well, sure. Harry told me how. Be very good. Real polite. Then you turn in a good report to that loudmouth judge, and he takes me off probation, see? Then why are you telling me about it now? 
Because I don't want you to think I've been rehabilitated. What's wrong with being rehabilitated? If I wasn't playing choir boy, you wouldn't want me around your house. Look, nobody's asking you to put on a lace collar and be little Lord Fauntleroy. I just think it pays to stay on the right side of the book. It's what you'd call an angle. Outside of that, I don't care what you do or who you hang around with. Yeah, that's a lot of talk. If I brought Harry around, you'd throw him out on his ear. If he's a friend of yours, bring him around. You'd have him here? Sure. Tonight? Uh, tonight. Oh, sure. If we do it your way, play 20 questions and duck for apple. Whatever you want to do. Poker? Well, now I... Uh-huh. Okay, Poker. I think one of the reasons I went on with it was that I was curious to see this, Harry. He sauntered in about 10 o'clock and he brought his own deck. Mr. Marriott, this is Harry. Hi. Hello, Harry. Uh, this is Mrs. Marriott. Hello, Harry. I don't play poker with dames. You don't? Dames take my mind off the game. Know what I mean? I think so. You're afraid I'm out of your league. You're not big enough to play with girls. I can play in any league. Okay, Let's start. What are the stakes? What do you usually play for? Nickel, dime, I'll make it easy on you. All right. Okay. Here we go. Oh, how pretty. Can you teach me to do that? Lady, it takes years. Cut for deal? Go ahead, Stan. Seven. Jack. King. Well, what do you know? Ace. Harry smiled as he dealt, a smug, professional smile. He was full of little bursts of spontaneous wit and humor. Come on, Mr. Marriott, put your money where your mouth is. Nervous? Or are you in a hurry? Sure. When this penny any business is over, Stan and I got a real game to go to. Oh, I'll rush. How is Stan, Mr. Marriott? You've been a good boy, just like the judge said. Oh, cut it out, Harry. Does he get a gold star if he brushes his teeth? Are you playing cards or talking? All right, all right, if you want it that way. I'll take two cards. I'll take, um, three. How about you, Harry? I'll stand pat. put it mildly, didn't do well. It was getting along towards midnight, and we agreed it was the last hand. I had three kings and a queen for a kicker, and I drew another queen. I fold. I suppose I do, too. You gonna bet? Sure. Here. See and raise your ten. And ten. And ten. Mm-hmm. Chicken... And ten. Ten again. All right. You're younger than I am. I'll see you. Sure. Three tens. Well, sorry, Harry. I got a full house. King's over. I guess I... Uh, relax, Buster. Relax. I got the other ten. That makes four of them. Four tens? Yeah, you want to count them? Well, any time you want another lesson, let me know. Let's go, Stan. Oh, we'll have some coffee if you'll wait a minute. Uh, no, thank you, lady. Stan. Yeah, Harry? You keep this uh, chicken seed. I don't need it. 
cheese. Okay, thanks, Harry. Well, good night, folks. Come on, Stan. Uh, Mr. Marion, I- I'm sorry. I-, I gotta go. Go ahead, Stanley. I can't keep you. Come on, Stan. Okay, okay. I'm coming. Well? Well. How much was it? Oh, about $26 and change. I'm afraid Harry is a little too much for us. I'm afraid so. I didn't want Stan to think that we looked down on him or his friends. I think it was the other way about. Ben, tell me something. Yes? When you discard cards, are they supposed to go back in the deck? No. That's what Harry did. You know that ten he used in the last hand? I discarded it before. Well, that... I don't know why we should be surprised. Stan must have known about it. I suppose so. Well, we might as well go to bed. Wait a minute. Wait. Uh? Do you hear something? Who's that? It's me, Mr. Marriott. Stan. I, uh... I wanted to talk to you. Yes? It's about Harry. He cheated you. I know. He said you were set-ups. He said we could run rings around you. I guess you did. I, uh... I guess you'll tell a judge. What should I tell him? That I'm no good? That I help cheat you at cards? Why did you come back, Stan? It was Harry. He, he kept laughing. Kept saying how dumb Mr. Marriott was. And, well, he, he said things about you. I told him Mr. Marriott wasn't dumb. That, that he just looked like he was dumb. Thank you, Stanley. I, I mean, you're a lawyer and you know how to help people. I told him he, he ought to have respect. He said I sounded as dumb as you. Thank you, Stan. That's very nice of you. Well, I, I guess you've got to turn me in for violation of parole. No, I... I think we can just forget about the poker game. What isn't that? Here, you better take this money. Oh, no. You want it. I'll figure it's a down payment. I'll, I'll need a lawyer. Stanley, the case is over. The truant... That ain't other... it. I slugged a guy. You did? When? Just now. Harry. Harry? Yeah. He didn't want me to give back the money, so I hit him. Oh, Stanley. Boy, he went out like a shot. He's probably still stiff. That's quite a wallop you packed, Stan. Why not, with a roll of nickels in my fist? So, uh, Mr. Marriott, it looks like I'm gonna need a little legal help. Okay, Stan. Okay. You've got yourself a mouthpiece. We extend an invitation on behalf of our stars, Jessica Tandy and June Cronin, as well as the National Broadcasting Company, to all of you to drop by next week at this time for another half-hour observation and transcription of The Marriage. Written by Ernest Canoy with Denise Alexander as Emily and David Pfeffer as Pete. Edwin Bruce was heard as Stan, William Lipton as Harry, Edgar Staley as the judge, Roger DeCoven as the attendant, and Louis Soren as Mr. Stankovich. The Marriage is an NBC Radio Network production directed by Edward King. This is Bob Denton speaking. Ben, did you put the car away? I left the keys in my pocket up here. Then you've got to go down again. Oh, no, I put the car away. Well, how did you unlock the door? It's easy. With a bobby pin. <laughs> Good night, Liz. Good night, delinquent. <laughs> Brighten your kitchen with the drama on the NBC radio network.